my beloved disciples, the appointed hour is at hand. Let us descend to our lair where hell awaits. Welcome to the Northwest Metal Zone.
and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Northwest Metal Zone. I'm Chance. I am your host. We heard you missed us. We're back. It scares me to think that any girls would listen to the show. But they do. I have the numbers to prove it. Ladies, maybe, but I don't know. Actually, there's there are I I have demographics on 13 to 17 year olds. So and there are girls. You in there. would chance. I know. Jeez, you pedo. <laughs> I know. God. Anyway, that was Miko Denoche starting everything off with sacrifice. This is our 151st episode. So if we're like uh, you know Bacardi 151, we're gonna kick your ass tonight. So we're drinking moonshine. So we're here. We are. <laughs> have <laughs> so some homemade. Homemade apple pie moonshine. We're going at it tonight. So it's delicious, man. If we get a little carried away. It's actually, I made it around Christmas time, so it's been kind of sitting and getting a little perky. And I remember that. I remember the, the Christmas jar that you brought me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, okay. it's the same batch, but it's ah. a little more potent now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when the last jar you had, I had just made it. Now we're... Well, it's delicious, man. I, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, just don't get too very, carried away. You got to twist the knobs and, and all that good stuff tonight. So I uh, can do this shit in my sleeve. It's probably. Nothing. Plus, you know what? Look, I've got it set already. I could just <laughs> I could fall asleep on the mute buttons and do this thing right. Right. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we have a good show. We took a little break, so we're back, and uh, we're going to crank out a bunch of shows here for you before we take another break. Uh, we have some special guests in the studio, and they're going to join us after the next uh, set of music that we play. We have Crone in the studio with us tonight, so uh, we're going to find out all about those guys. It's been a little while in the making. I, I Every think I, nasty detail. I, th- <laughs> I think I first saw those guys about three years ago, and, uh, and finally we got them in the studio tonight, so it should be fun. So, uh, I don't know, should we just... Uh, let rip with some more music. Why don't we do that? All right, this is Gray with At Night.
right, there you go. Uh, that was our first full set of music for the evening. Uh, wrapping up that set was a band called Southgate with Sirens. In the middle of the set, we had The Drip with No Mercy. And leading it off, a little doom for you there. That was Gray with At Night. All right, so as I promised right off the top of the show, we have Crone with us here tonight. Big round of applause, all you people out there in Radio Land. Yeah. Oh, I can hear it. I can hear it. <laughs> so uh, I think... Thanks, you're the only one. <laughs> I, think I, uh, I think I saw you guys about three years ago. I was at a show at the Cuckoo's Nest in Port Angeles, and uh, I'd actually gone up there to see Jack Havoc, and we did an, I did an interview with them that night, just right at the venue, and I'm pretty sure you guys played that night. Oh, was that on the, is that interview on YouTube? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I saw some uh, video. Well, you, you saw it too, right? They were yeah. doing an interview they in the laundromat. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> it wound up on because we were in that laundromat that's okay. right next to the. Maybe like nest. one of their friends was recording it or something. Could have been. That might be it then. That was definitely in the laundromat. I, I forget masks the whole time. Uh, yeah. yeah. I forget why we had to go into the laundromat, but we did and scared a couple of the Saturday <laughs> night customers in there. But uh, oh, Port Angeles Saturday night laundromat people. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, okay. I saw you guys like three years ago. And then uh, Aaron from Northern Bastard told me when you had your uh, your album out, so I picked that up on Bandcamp. So then we've been playing your music on the show since then. And, and thank you. And finally, thanks. You guys are here. Yeah. So thanks for coming out. Good to be I, here. Thank you. I appreciate you having us. Yeah. Uh, so let's. Uh, I always like to have everybody kind of introduce themselves and what they do in the band. So we'll start right here. <clears throat> Go ahead and uh, tell I'm us Alan. what you do. I'm Alan. I'm the new drummer. Slash skin like new. flute player. Yeah. Skin flute. <laughs> Slash small car uh, drum set beater. <laughs> that car. Large drum set, small car haver. Yeah. That's not a good combination. <laughs> I know. Yeah, good thing he has a transit bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kidding. All right, so we have Alan on drums. Uh, Mikey. I'm Mikey. I play guitar. Okay. I'm Brandon. I play bass and do vocals. Nice. So this, uh, this question, I just got, want to get this out of the way. Um, this has nothing to do exactly with Crone. I was told that uh, either you guys, some of you guys play in another band or used to play in a band called Endorphins Lost. I play in that That's band. That's Brandon. All right, cool. Mike, Mike used to play in a band. Um, so you and I need to share information because I'd like to get that band here in the studio sure. as well. We okay. play we play your music as well. I love that band. So, um, awesome. Yeah, like it's fast as in. fuck, isn't it? What's that? Endorphins Lost. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of different than Crone, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> one's here, one's here. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. But, okay, cool. We'll we'll trade contact awesome. information. All right. So, uh, let's talk about Crone, uh, the history of the band. When did you guys get started? How long have you been around? Well, we got started in, what, December of 2010. Yeah. And uh, Rob Hoffman was our drummer originally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I lived here in Seattle. My, I, I used to live over in the peninsula. Mikey lived there, and Rob lived there at the time. And it was just me and Mikey talking for a long time about playing music. And then uh, I promised him I'd take him on tour one time. And mm -hmm. that, that's basically how it started. I wanted <laughs> to live up to that promise. So that uh, we were talking about doing slow, like really discordant, gross-sounding music. We both really liked the Melvins. Um and like sludge and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wrote some riffs and I came over and it turned out what my idea of, of sludge music was totally different than yours. Yeah. But you, <laughs> but you liked it. <laughs> but that's the thing is that because of that difference, we've, 
put them together and now there's what our band is now which yeah is, i really like it myself we wrote uh, our first song hoof and nail in a uh what in jen's house yeah i was in a single wide trailer out in the middle of squim washington yeah we, nice i brought my guitar and we we're playing it in the middle of the night trying to be quiet uh he yeah, just I kept trading. The was trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> kept just trading the guitar back and forth. Like, here's the riff. Check, check it out. Yeah. And uh, I think we pretty much played it verbatim. Like we kept every riff, didn't we? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we changed any riff at all. Yeah. And then, uh, what? Did you talk to Rob? Bring him along. Um, I don't remember. Rob used to be in a band called Dying to Bleed. He was predominantly a jazz drummer, so we thought that. His interest in metal and playing jazz would be a cool and slow music because it add dynamic. Yeah, I think I, I think I mentioned him because he used to come into the Crazy Fish when I would work there. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know this drummer guy, and he ended up being your cousin and shit. Yeah, <laughs> so we had Rob Jam, and uh, it was awesome. The first, we wrote, we wrote, uh, we played Hoof and Nail all the way through that first jam, and it destroyed it sounded awesome in his house too we were jamming in his house it was yeah. a hardwood floor so it resonated really well everything shook off the walls and made us feel way cooler than we really are <laughs> didn't we break something yeah like a vase or something or a lamp <laughs> wow yeah yeah we felt pretty tough and then uh <laughs> and then we wrote uh another song feed the leech that same day or we well you're, yeah you remember we wrote them all in order the way that they were on the album right yeah we, I think we no, switched two songs had, or You already had the Shame I Will or riffs for it when oh, we started. Anyway, at, at any rate, um, we we started writing songs real fast. Like every practice, we had more riffs for the next song. Cool. Yeah. I think that's that's the furthest history. Yeah. It, <laughs> the, the early days were real rough. They were real, they were real excruciating for me because I'd have to... In order to get practice, what we practiced in the middle of the week when you weren't at school, Tuesdays or something. Yeah, it was some weird day. You had to, Brandon used to have to hitchhike all the way over from Yeah, here's Seattle. how it worked. I had to wake <laughs> up at 5, 10 a.m., carry a PA uh, amp and, and a guitar on my back and a bunch of cables, uh, go catch a ferry to a bus in Bainbridge, take that to Paulsbow to Jefferson Holy County. Shit. It was literally seven hours of, of trans, transit travel to get there by noon to practice for a few hours and then hitchhike home. <laughs> wow. That's dedication. Yeah. Well, it paid off. I mean. Yeah, look look where you are now. I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've made it, guys. Yeah, you definitely made you're it. You're on NWCZ <laughs> Radio. <laughs> yeah, you're on the Northwest Metal Zone, man. This is... <laughs> you guys can just quit now. <laughs> Might as well. It's, it's never going to get any better than no. this. You know? I'm going to get They'll royalties sit. from all the downloads. Right, right, right. right. The yeah. checks are in the mail. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> the checks are over there, I think. The shot glass over there. Yeah, that's, yeah there it is. Well, that's, right. yeah, that's yeah. all we got for you tonight anyway. So. Worth its weight in gold. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, so the other one of the other questions that I like to ask the bands when they're in here is uh, talk a little bit about your influences. And uh, I mean, is the instrument you're playing now has that something you've always played, or have you kind of you know pick things up here and there? Mm -hmm. What are the things that got you into uh, the music that you play now? Or uh, so, Brandon, let's start with you. All right. Well, uh, I always was a lyricist at first. My first band, I was 15 years old. It was called Rubouts. Uh, my first two bands kind of came on at the same time because my friends, my roommates were my bandmates. Uh, 
Rubouts and Heretics. It was like a Rubouts is like a mid-tempo kind of death metal band, and Heretics was like a crust band out on the peninsula. And uh, I was a lyricist at first. I never played anything, but for a long time in a lot of my bands, I would write a lot of the music. Just my uh, my cousin Rob, he was a really savvy. He could learn anything by ear. So uh, I just <laughs> come up with a riff and <laughs> basically just whistle it to him, and he'd he'd write wow. it. Um, <clears throat> Death metal whistles, huh? Yeah, yeah. You I'd can like imagine to hear what that. that sound like. Uh, yeah, I, I can. <laughs> Maybe not what it really sounded like, but I can imagine. Yeah. So um, I was a lyricist. I I always wrote the music in a lot of my bands, though, um, or at least a good amount of it. And then uh, one day, I just decided to start playing a bass. I thought it would be easier. I could never play a guitar because the frets are too close, and my my fat curmudgeon fingers couldn't couldn't make it happen. <laughs> and I if did, everybody at home could see his fingers right now, they're not fat; they're like bones. Yeah, well, I uh, I just I don't know. I never had the precision to play guitar, so I started playing bass. Uh, <clears throat> and then let's see. I don't know. I just I got sick of depending on other people to write music and. Uh, I got sick of depending on other people to show up on time, so I just started playing and doing vocals. Nice. Seemed, seemed easy. Um, it's kind of weird to write a song on bass because you hear it a certain way different than maybe others will interpret it. it we don't really come into too much uh, pushback of it, though. I mean, uh, You and I, we experiment with the riffs all the time. You yeah. write, if you write something on bass... I'm always like, let's find something that's not exactly like it. Yeah, yeah, it works out all right. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know. I played guitar originally in Endorphins Lost. Mm -hmm. It's just mashing power chords, doing right. power violence. It's pretty easy, but uh, my strong suit is, is playing bass, so I just kept doing that. Stick to what I could get better at. There and, you go. And uh, I've always been a vocalist in my bands. I mean... There's maybe another singer too, but I'm predominantly a vocalist and the bass player. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, Mikey. <clears throat> well, let's see. I started playing guitar, I think, around age of 10. Um, was in a band when I was 13. Uh, got really into metal at, right from the beginning. And uh, I don't know. I have been in a whole bunch of different bands, and it's usually I, I like to be the rhythm guy and you know, I, I really like discord and stuff. Uh, that's why Brandon and I get along. Cause I, I want to be the rhythm guy away from singing or doing anything like that. What, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are some of your influences? How did influences, you, uh, did oh. you, uh, did you always start out like in heavier stuff or did yeah. you kind of gravitate towards that later? And well, actually I started playing guitar because of, uh, Nirvana actually, because I was, uh, I think it was in seventh grade whenever Kurt Cobain died. And it was like a, a big thing because I had been listening to him and Nirvana with my brother. And once I started playing guitar, then I had other people showing me stuff like Metallica, early Metallica and uh, Slayer mm -hmm. and things like that. But I think my hugest influences for the type of music that I play now would probably be Melvin's and uh, a lot of doom music these days. Um, I mean, there's a ton of different bands. I can't really, can't really think of yeah all of them at the, right now <laughs> yeah i'd say that probably our music is most influenced by things i don't know i mean crone is influenced by all kinds of stuff as far as the lyrics i read the lyrics um i'm really influenced by swans mm. uh mm -hmm. their whole catalog 
I like their early stuff. I like their late stuff a lot. Um, I write a lot uh, in the fashion of blues music. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way the lyrics break down and everything. Because a lot of our, our lyrics and content is very personal, like blues music was. Um, we really like the Melvins, weird time changes, things like that. Um, and discordance. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's our big I actually was influenced motif. a lot by a, by new metal back in the day, <laughs> which is kind of funny to Ooh. think about now, but silence, but it's like that's the groove. It's the groove part, you know, whenever they do the heavy breakdowns, I love that shit. I'm not I'm not talking about breakdowns like uh those deathcore bands these days, but you know what I mean. Right. I gotcha. I gotcha. I just want you to know that's Mikey talking, not me. <laughs> not, not Alan, not Brandon. Definitely Mikey. You've been disowned by your bandmates. Uh, wow. They already knew it. <laughs> so, Alan, how about you? What uh, what got you into playing the drums? Well, I got sick of dealing with drummers. I'm a guitar player primarily. And um, got a, my first guitar when I was 12. I was a Nirvana dork, just like Mikey over here. Yeah. So that's how I started playing guitar. Then got into heavier stuff, you know, Slayer and... Yeah, early Metallica and Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I started some bands, you know, through my teens. And the drummer was always the, the idiot that would never show up. So I started playing drums because I got sick of dealing with him. And, or you'd have a guy show up that barely touches the drums. And I like to, to oh. beat, beat the drums like they oh, owe yeah. me money. So. Oh, my God. Come in he, good, good and heavy. So you're, one the, of those, you're one of those really hard power drummers. Yeah, I use the butt ends of the sticks. I have a 28-inch kick drum. It's 28 nice. inches in diameter and uh, 32 inches deep. So it's, it's from this couch to that couch, basically. Yeah. It's a si- his drum kit now is, is uh, if you can take a look <laughs> at a smart car. I kind of did a few measurements this weekend. It's about the size of a smart car. Um, nice. the whole thing so you barely the see him over the top. Yeah, of I look. Yeah. I look like a little person. It's like he's at the helm of a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, the man is thunderous. So thunderous. Yeah. Did you? Did you have something to add there on one? Or? Uh, no, I'm, or I'm just in, making I'm sexy in, eyes at me. I'm just making sexy eyes at you. All right. Uh, speaking of influence and everything, yes. I got a question for the whole group here. What was your first album, and then what was your first album by choice? My first album was uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, I, I like it when bands interview themselves. Yeah. You like that? Well, you no, they're going to interview us, too, so you, you have to answer this, too. You like how I just kind of took, are you took about, the reins there? That's all right, man. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty laid-back show, so... Are you talking about first album that you remember liking? And no, that, no, no, no. Check it out. My like, brother. Like you bought with your own money? Yeah. So okay. the first album that I ever owned, my brother gave to me. My brother, Jesse, I, I liked his music. He always uh, he always listened to rock and roll. That's what I got into when I was a kid. Um, so the first album I ever owned, he gave to me. It was a the uh, Rolling Stones Hot Rocks tape. But I think it was Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon was the first one he gave me. It was a cassette tape. It was all worn out. He didn't care, but most of the songs played. So I had that. And then the first album that I bought was The Who Live at Leeds, followed by Black Sabbath. Ooh. Uh, the reunion CD when they when they got back together in Birmingham. And that's where heavy music, I, I went right down the rabbit hole from Black Sabbath. I just think I was uh, uh, 12. Hmm. All right. I think the first album that I ever owned or that I... Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I thought it was probably the Monkees because my dad gave me a Monkees record whenever I was about three, and I listened to it so much. <laughs> I loved it. And then the first album I ever remember buying, I think, was Nirvana's Nevermind because I was like 
12, 12 or something? Or no? I don't remember how old it was. It came out in 91, right? No, I was nine. <laughs> nice. Anyway. First album Alan bought was uh, I was 12. Oh, now I, we're in the third person, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I bet you it was No Doubt. Was it No Doubt? <laughs> yes. Um, it's actually kind of cool. Sepultura Chaos, Chaos AD. Oh, that is pretty so, cool. Okay. Yeah. No Doubt so. would have been a better story. but Yeah, yeah. totally. Actually, the first, well, the first, I think the first tapes that I had in fourth grade that my mom bought me was Paula Abdul. There you yeah. go. Yes. Yeah. This is uh, the tell-all radio show. <laughs> yeah, I had a family member uh, buy me CNC Music Factory. Yeah, I, I think I had that crap, too. And then uh, I had MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. As well. nice. Oh, nice. I did. Oh. I did. Yeah. I did. And you guys had Ugh. it, too. Don't I, lie. I, I did not. <laughs> yeah. I did not. Yeah. I, I'll guarantee yeah. you that. On one did, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> actually, my, my first album I ever bought was uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony East 1999. Not oh, bad. On One is actually our resident hip-hop guy. Cool. Seriously. So that's... Uh, he probably did have Vanilla Ice. That's Thanks. Cool. Thanks. Oh, I had Run DMC as well. Yeah. There goes your street cred, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. And what about the host? What about the main... The big dog? You know, here? I think the first album I ever got, uh, my dad bought a Grand Funk album. I think it's it was Survival. It's the one where they're mm. in a cave. Yeah, oh, I have yeah. that. Yeah. He was a big Grand Funk fan, but he didn't like that album for some reason, so he pawned it off the on The first me. album's awesome. First <laughs> album the first four it. are like money, but... Yeah. Uh, and then, believe it or not, the first album I bought with my own money was an Earth, Wind & Fire album. Ooh. Because the the album covers they used to have back in the seventies were just really trippy, and you could like sit there and stare at them for hours. Yeah, it's cool. So that was me. There goes all my cred. Now are you happy? <laughs> are you happy? Yes. I, I had to better. ask that question. I just had to know. That's a we're. great question, Brandon. That's favorite. fine. That's a that's a yeah. That is a great question. I had a I had an album that I bought just for looks once. It was a uh, super sexy swinging sounds from uh, White Zombie. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a I good. Had, I, I could see why you would one. buy that yeah. one just for the looks. Yeah, with that girl in the hammock on the cover. Yeah. That's not a bad album either, though. All remixes and stuff. I, I loved it, man. I thought it was great. I really liked like I the bought down, um down tempo stuff. Mm-hmm. I bought Iron Maiden Killers pretty much just based on the album cover. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. <clears throat> I. I yeah, I was. Uh, I had heard Six Feet Under before I heard Cannibal Corpse, but I knew that Chris Barnes was in both bands, and I right. loved his voice. Um, so I bought Butchered at Birth, just solely off of knowing it was in the band and the cover. That cover is so gross. Yeah, <laughs> it it's is really gross. Yeah. It is. Funny story about Cannibal Corpse. Um, my brother and I both like the same kind of music, and so um, he. I remember him giving my mom his Christmas list one year, and the Cannibal Corpse box set was on his Christmas list. And the 15-year so, killing spree? Yeah. <laughs> so she ordered, not knowing what it was, but she ordered it, and it came in the mail, and she's like, would you come here a second? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's up? And she goes, I don't want to touch this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't she tell by the name? Cannibal uh, Corpse. Uh, she, you know, she Fine. always gave us the benefit of the doubt. So Yeah, that's cool. Good old mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't want to touch that box set. Sure. Um, all right. Any other any other questions from the band for us, or shall we? Oh man. All right. Well, you can think about it. We got a few more minutes. Mm-hmm. I'll <laughs> think long and hard. Uh, so, have you guys done a lot of touring? Have you played out a lot? What's the What's the story on that? What Crone's done only one long tour, right? Yeah, we did uh, like kind of like half the country. Can't say it's really it's more than more than west more than a west coast because we went through the Rockies yeah. and everything with Northern Bastard. What when was that? That was September of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. so you guys were part. I've heard some of those stories. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you guys were part of that. <laughs> yeah, we were. It, it was a, it was a, 
a crazy trip. It was pretty smooth. It was a lot of fun. The beginning and the end were hellacious with car trouble. Yeah. Right off the bat, we blew a tire just here in Tacoma. I mean, we're all loaded up, all pumped, ready to go, play our first show in Portland, uh, first show of the tour, blew a tire. That was lame. We had a jack that didn't work. (laughs) We were in the middle of rush hour, so that took forever. Get back on the road, everything's cool, blow another tire. I think it was within an hour or 30 minutes or something. Yeah, we were about 50 miles from Portland. So we said, fuck it. And the next day, Keith, Northern Bastard, uh, he... He GG Doolin. Yeah, GG Doolin. <laughs> he uh, put down some cash and got some some ten ply diesel tires. <laughs> Didn't want to have that problem again. Yeah, and you were fine. All after, so did you have a on that? Did you have a favorite place that you played? I yeah, I think the San Jose. San Jose. San Jose. Dead Jose. pressure. What was it the bone hole? What was the, the bone club? hole? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dead pressure, disinhibition. Us and and Northern Bastard played. And so much great energy. Yeah, that show was awesome. Lots of good friends there. Uh, Andre, the guys from Sionic, um, they're from there. Uh, yeah, I called into this show just, what, two weeks ago or a week ago or something like that? Yeah. And, and I was asking for them to play Sionic. We're going to play right. some tonight oh, on cool. this show. Yeah, you're doing Later. yourself a favor. <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, that show they played at Victory Lounge was just amazing. Yeah, they uh, they got in touch with me a couple weeks before they came up here, and they said, "Hey, would you help us promote the show?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, give me the details. Send me a couple tracks. We'll play your music. No yeah. problem." Those guys are, are sweethearts. They're really mm-hmm. good. They're really good uh, musicians as well. The Dead Pressure dudes. That show was especially cool because we played last, and everybody it was like on a weekday, I think. Everybody was all tuned up by that point. Uh, <laughs> and somebody had knocked the light bulb out I think or something. It was all the people in the crowd. They lifted G or Keith up. <laughs> <laughs> they lifted him up, but it's in a basement and seriously only about, I don't know, six feet tall. And it was like a hallway, by yeah, the way, a dirt the floor. Broke it. Yeah, they broke it out. So we were playing our last song. People we were playing their flashlights. Going. Yeah. And it was just so cool. It was one of these things where the, there's strobes from the cell phones and the lights and stuff. <laughs> and people were just going nuts. It, it uh, it reminded me of that part in uh, Event Horizon where oh, they're yeah, showing the depictions yeah. of hell and <laughs> the lights are flashing and shit. <laughs> Keith's face is all bloody from beating it in with a microphone. <laughs> Great pictures online. Yeah, Keith Keith kind of got notorious. We had to tell him right off the bat, quit breaking microphones in your face. <laughs> For his two shows, he just busted up some mics. That Dude, that sh- and that show, remember he bought the poncho over in San Francisco? and he, that's I like, think you should apologize <laughs> to my goddamn donkey. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. All right. Well, it sounds like you guys had a good time. Oh, my God. So as far as upcoming plans, do you have any, uh, any new material recorded or written or anything that yeah. you're going to be putting out? Lots written. Lots written. Um, we're talking about, now that Alan's on, we're... Um, most of our set is new stuff that will be on the next LP, Relics of Our Past. But we haven't slated to record it yet. Um, we think we want to record it analog this time. The last recording was uh, Joe Rizzi at Low Cut Studios did it, and he did an awesome job. But I've never recorded uh, analog before. I just want to see what it's like. You so we want to go with Tony, right? Yeah, it would be cool if we get in with Tony Reed. Yeah, but, Tony's um, the man. Yeah, Tony's he, the man. He records so well. He did that Northern Bastard <laughs> yeah. stuff, and after we heard it, I think he even did it maybe digital. I don't know, but but it was just it nailed it. it sounded mm. awesome. Yeah. So we have um, our next LP will probably be five, five or six songs. 
30, 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, a few and, more doom ones on this record. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little more doom kind of sound going on, but, um, I hope to record at some point or get starting on recording <laughs> this year, <laughs> you know, sometime it would be good. <clears throat> yeah. And then, uh, beyond that, the next thing on the slate is this concept album that we've been kind of working on for the last couple of years, just sort of piecing it together as time goes on. It's coming along, but I mean, we got to present it as a band and, and rewrite some parts and things. So there's a lot of stuff in the works. You want to cool. make a concept flow really well, you know? You have the the music has to flow just just as perfectly as the storyline. Yeah, right. So, so how about any uh, any shows coming up that you want to tell us about that we can all run out and? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Um, this Saturday we're playing with our friends from LA uh, in a band called Exhausted Prayer. Um, That's at the, the second, Lodge. right? Yeah, August second. Um, we're playing with Exhausted Prayer, Connoisseur. Um, my vocalist in Endorphins Lost are the band Isenordal. It's like kind of like a Viking black metal sort of project. Yeah. It's really good. I heard their demos. Uh, it's their first show. Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty cool. Oh, and then Earth Eater just jumped on it, too. They're All another right. pretty good hardcore band from Seattle. I have to give props to Chris McCarthy for putting up Crone and Northern Bastard. Whenever yeah, no kidding. On he's, it. he's in ex- exhausted prayer. Spur of the moment. Uh, yeah, we played our show in L.A., and it was the on that tour that we were talking about, mm-hmm. Northern Bastard. Um, anybody listening who's never set up a show before, there's a couple of tips that I could bring you right off the top of this L.A. show. Number one, don't put touring bands on last after a festival of noise bands on a weekday. <laughs> it's not a good idea. No, no, one's, no one's going to stick Nothing around. about that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it was a recipe for disaster. So we played this show. Uh, it wasn't promoted at all. Um, it was on a night that was competing with all kinds of shows, and we were the last two bands, us and Northern Bastard, to play after a noise festival. <laughs> it was all day too, right? Yeah, it was pretty much from 6 to midnight. Oh, I thought it started at like noon or something. Oh, maybe it did, I don't remember. But anyway, <laughs> point is, uh, Chris, Exhausted Prayer, um, the guitar player in Exhausted Prayer, he came to the show and uh, we're like, hey, uh, we're kind of out on our ass, can you put us up? So he took us, uh, he took us over to his place and put us up for the night, that was really cool. Um, those dudes are really good dudes, and they play really heavy, scary music. So nice. anybody listening, go, go check it out. They're also playing another last-minute show uh, at the 2-Bit on Monday with another band that I'm uh, doing vocals in right now called Death in the Family and Blood of Kings. It's uh, Monday the 4th. It's one of 2-Bit's last shows, so uh, that'd yeah. be probably beneficial to see. Mm. All right, so we're pretty much up against it time-wise. Just real quickly, what is the best way for people to keep in touch with Crone, follow along with what you guys have going on? You can follow us on Facebook. Um, we have a band camp. There's all sorts of different ways to message us, but is there, can you think of anything else? Yeah, uh, I don't really go on Facebook unless I'm advertising a show. It's it's kind of dodgy. The best way to get a hold of us for contacting, for booking, is uh, email me. It's uh, gmahe2012 at gmail.com. It's gmahay2012 at gmail. 
Got it. And Crone is C R O N. But the O has the little line the over lo- it. It's the called long a macro. O. Yeah. Yeah. We right. we don't use that to look metal. We use it for proper phonetics. <laughs> Either way works. We just want e- English majors to come to our show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just want a bunch of stoners to show up. Crone. <laughs> Killer <laughs> fellow stoners here. Oh god. <laughs> All right, well, guys, thank you very much for uh, making the trek in. You're welcome to hang out for the rest of the show if you want to. Right now we're going to go to one. Actually, we're going to play a couple of your tracks here. Uh, first one is Feed the Leech. Mm-hmm.
So there you have it. Uh, that was Crone. Everything you wanted to know about Crone, you've just found out. Well, everything they were wanting to share with us in 25 minutes anyway. All the juicy details. All the juicy. So I want to thank those guys. They had to uh, bebop on out of here, but uh, I want to thank them for making the trek from Seattle down to Tacoma here just to to do that little bit that you just heard on the show. So they bebop on out of here. They did bebop on out of here. Didn't you notice them? They had a little jazz going on. They were... No, I was I was too busy staring at Boxy's tits. Yeah, we've had some distractions in the studio tonight, not the least of which was our moonshine. <laughs> I, I liked it when when she walked in, and then Mikey was talking, and then like forgot what he was saying in the middle of the <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Boxy does tend to have that effect. Yeah, she'll yeah. Uh, she'll capture the attention. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he, I saw him pointing, and then I couldn't figure out what was going on because he had a better view of the door than I did, and uh, then I was like, <laughs> ah. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So uh, we uh, heard in that last set there, we heard some Terra Morta wrapping things up with the Fallen's Revenge. That that always sounds like it should be like a Transformers movie titled <laughs> The Fallen's Revenge. I mean, that almost was the second uh-huh. one, right, or the third one, or uh-huh. the ninth one, or whatever we're <laughs> up to now. <laughs> Michael Bay just needs to stop, dude. He's got this Ninja Turtle movie coming out. And I that just, movie looks so fucked up. Aye, man. You know, the classic where you did your Ninja Turtle movie night a couple months exactly. ago. Exactly. There should never be another Ninja Turtle. That one was perfect. The only thing that's better is I'm, the Nigga Turtles. But the Nigga <laughs> Turtles, oh God. That shit's hilarious. If you guys haven't ever seen that, go to YouTube and just search for Nigga Turtles. It's fucking hilarious. Oh my that God, you'll brilliant. pee yourself. That's just brilliant. I don't know, man. I I am a little concerned because I am gonna go watch it just for. Are you really? I'm. I'm. Go- I have to. I have to, because I'm such a diehard Ninja Turtles fan, um, and I'm kind of afraid that I might like it. Like I, I don't. Well, you I don't could, think I will, but I might. Well, you like, might like it a little, and like I like the Transformers movies a little, and I like uh, Bad Boys a little. You know, I mean, Michael Bay's movies don't totally suck. It's just they're the same thing. Like I was watching a long trailer mm-hmm. for the Turtles, yeah, and it's like it looks like a f- the fucking Transformers, the same moves and the same camera shots, and it's just. Yeah. That's the only thing I have against Michael Bay is it's just he just does getting kind of boilerplate, get kind of yeah. cookie cutter. I've always said you could watch like any three of his movies, and then you could just make any all the other movies that he's done because they're all you know you'd pretty much have it down if you watch three of them. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I already know what's going to happen in an intro <laughs> movie. You know, like I, you know, like Shredder's going to come out. He's going to have some like major badass toys and it's gonna try to fuck some shit up there's gonna be some loud explosions they're gonna like there'll be slow-mo glass bursting somewhere in the movie uh either one of the ninja turtles or or splinter himself are gonna be captured and brought within an inch of their life and then end up being the the hero that saves everything right and and megan fox and then megan fox (laughs) and then megan fox right Right. doing doing what megan fox does you know yeah i don't know how being being beautiful and and yeah but that's just not fair, man. Basically, all she gets paid for is just the way she looks. I mean, she didn't. She could just stand there and she'd still get paid, and that's pretty much what she does in her movies. But I'm okay with that. 
of all of all the problems with the movie, that's one thing I, I don't mind. <laughs> You're okay with that? That's one thing I'm I'm cool with. I'll let that slide. All right. So getting back to the music here for a second with our turtle talk, um, we also had two songs from Crone in that set. In the middle of the set, there we had Youth <laughs> Narcotic. Didn't finish Backslam. No, we didn't. And then uh, and then leading off that set, we had Crone with Feed the Leech. So in case somehow you never have noticed Crone, because we played both of those songs on the show numerous times, we played every song off of their album basically numerous times on the show. Uh, and uh, looking forward to uh, some of those guys, as you noticed, uh, one of them is in a band called Endorphins Lost, who we've played, and I'm really looking forward to getting those guys in the studio, so we'll make that happen at some point. And then Alan, the drummer, is in a band called another band called Brain Scraper. We're going to get some music from them and uh, get them in here, too. Not making any promises like it's going to happen right away, you know, so give me a fucking break, but... <laughs> <laughs> maybe for christmas maybe yeah well you know we got time i plan on doing at least three or four more of these shows so you know <laughs> on one last because he knows the truth <laughs> <laughs> i never know when the last show is going to be i come in here just expecting you just be like <laughs> fuck this not coming back it's fuck shit o'clock <laughs> papers flying uh, yeah. uh you know what what i think it's about time for our friends from steel panther to kick in here and uh yeah wow yeah. <laughs> last night i got so high i think i had sex with the cable guy Woo! Well, I'm <laughs> the extra gratuitous wow in there that was that was david all right, so we got a couple of stories here for you tonight. Oh, really? This first one has nothing to do with drugs, but it has probably the most awesome artic- title for a news article I have ever seen and probably ever will see. This is off from the website Gawker, just to give proper credit. <laughs> give it to us. All right, here's the headline. Nude beach blowjob jet ski fight leads to wife's death. <laughs> <laughs> nude beach, nude beach blow blow job, job jet, jet ski, ski fight. fight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now see, it's almost like there's just one too many words in there. It's almost, almost like, but it's just. I mean, the the images in your head right now. Tell me I'm wrong. When you hear nude beach blowjob jet ski fight, I mean, there's some pretty seriously fucked up shit going on in your head right now. I see two guys on jet skis getting blowjobs and then, like, attacking each other. (laughs) Okay, well, that's not quite what the story is. Here's how it went. What happened? When your wife catches you blowing a dude on a boat off a Florida nude beach, the correct response is to immediately apologize and once the situation has cooled down, have a frank, open conversation about sexuality. Not recommended throwing her off the back of your jet ski and leaving her for dead. What? Yeah. So, wait. So she caught him blowing a dude. Yes, on a nude beach. They live on a nude beach. On a nude beach. And then they got on a jet ski together fighting. Yeah, the story was not well written, and there's obviously some pieces missing. But here's how it goes. Michael. So it was the author that was on drugs. Well, he could have been. And these guys were drunk, so they were under the influence. Okay. Anyway, Michael Doster was arrested for domestic battery in Passage Key, Florida, after his wife Pamela discovered him in an intimate moment with another man on a boat near the popular nude beach. He and the man were allegedly performing oral sex on each other. A little 69 action going on there. Wow. Yeah. 
The couple, so the couple, meaning the man and wife, allegedly began arguing whilst atop a sea-do. And again, that's where the story goes. It doesn't tell you how the man and wife got on the on the jet ski. Uh-huh. And Doster threw his wife off the vehicle four separate times. <laughs> she finally refused to get back on after hitting her head on the final toss, so he left her on a sandbar. Uh, Michael called wow. 911 when he returned to shore, and Pamela was found bruised and battered on the sandbar wearing only a life vest, so she was naked too. After several days in the hospital, she died. Local what? law enforcement named Michael as a suspect in the investigation into her death. Manatee County Sheriff's Office spokesman said, this, case, this takes our case to a different level. Yeah. We need to know exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> we, here's, you know, you gotta love cops. We can say that Michael Doster is a suspect. Really? He's probably your only fucking suspect. Right. Law enforcement officials are now searching for the recipient. Well, it might be the guy that he was blowing, because well, maybe he just wanted her out of the equation. Well, they're looking for him. As it says in the article here, they're searching for the recipient of Doster's blowy as, quote, he may be able to give us some good information as to exactly what happened. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That whole story just kind of... That is kind of weird. Blows your mind. Okay, very... I kind of wish it was the way I thought it was, though. Yeah, I know. That, that was the cooler. first thing I thought of, too. It's like, <laughs> ah, shit, they're getting blown and they're fighting on jet skis, and this is like... It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, very quickly, let's do this other story, too, because this one's kind of funny. Okay. So uh, this took place in New Zealand. Uh, Some dude, uh, high out of his fucking mind, was walking down the street in the small town of Rangiora when he inexplicably tried to pass down a passing police car thinking it was a taxi. You know, taxi, police car, same difference. Both have lights on top, etc. Then when the car passed him by, he allegedly compounded his error by running into the road and waving his middle finger at the cops as they drove away. (laughs) This got their attention, and when the cops returned, they couldn't help noticing that the surly hitchhiker allegedly smelled like marijuana, Uh that he was carrying weed, and that he also had $2,800 worth of unpaid tickets. Oh, wow. He got a ride, all right, a ride to jail. (laughs) The moral of the story is that if you haven't paid your fines and you're walking around carrying drugs, don't hail a police car like a taxi and don't give them the finger. Well, right. I mean, if you're trying to hail a taxi or hail a taxi, forgivable offense, okay. Don't <laughs> don't run back out to the street and flip them off. That's that's where you fucked up, man. Well, you got to be aware well, of what you got on your person. And again, I don't know about you. I've never been so high that I would think that a taxi was, or that a police car was a taxi. Oh, I've I've been, I've been that high. Okay, I've I haven't. Been, yeah, I'm okay. that high right now. Okay, awesome. All right, well, uh, there you go. There's enough silliness. Let's get into some music. Why this, not? This is Norska with "They Mostly Come at Night." I know I do. <laughs>
All right, there you go. That was just a couple of songs there just to kind of fuck with you because this whole that's what this whole episode is about. Uh, that was Falgaron with Norloxius, the Blood Smoker. You know, I was kind of, when I saw that, I was kind of wondering if they, you know, if maybe like Steve the Pole Smoker was one of the possibilities <laughs> for <laughs> the song title. No? You don't think so? I, no, no. I, I'm pretty sure Norloxius the Blood Smoker was the first thing <laughs> that they thought of. Okay. Norloxius. That, you know, that's a good name for a That kid. is, I'm for a Blood to... Smoker. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like when you have your first kid, you can... I think that's I think that's gonna Norloxious. be gonna be I Norloxious the blood smoker, like the blood smoker might be his middle name. <laughs> that would be awesome. It'd be like Nor Norloxious be Blood Smoker forever. Hansen. You would be my hero forever. <laughs> <laughs> I would be the only one and everybody else would be cursing your name, but uh, and then uh, leading off the set, just two songs there was Norska, they mostly come at night, and so does David. As as we as we as we just found out leading into that set. so Mostly, though. Mostly. mostly. Not always. Sometimes in the daytime. Every once in a while, a little afternoon delight. Nothing wrong with that. Uh-huh. I don't, Nothing I don't, wrong with it whenever you can get it, man. Dude, going back to the blood smoker name, though. like I'd get, <laughs> I could call him Norlo for short. Norlo. You know? Or maybe Bloody. <laughs> bloody. Come here, hey, Bloody. Hey, Bloody. Get your ass over here. <laughs> when he gets in trouble. Norloxious, the blood smoker. Get your ass inside. Yeah. I'd have to say it really evil, though. Norlock's just the blood smoker. And you'd have the awkward phone calls from school, you know. Uh, excuse uh, Mr. me. Mr. Hanson, we need to talk about Norlock's. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Can you think of any worse name to name a kid? Probably, but not right off the top of my head. Yeah, me either. I'm really high. That was some really good dead air right there. I, <laughs> Let me tell you. I was giving, I was giving uh, the listeners a chance to think of their own. I know, but none of them you spoke up. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is so happening we, on this show today? So we, nothing, man. We're having a good show tonight. Yeah. I mean, no, we're no, just we're getting right into the groove again. You know, we had a couple weeks off, so mm-hmm. you know maybe we're a little rusty. Some but hot, sweaty weeks off, too. Fuck. Shit. It was hot. It shouldn't be that hot here in the Northwest. I just, and I'm not being a wuss or nothing. It's just like when you live this far north, you shouldn't have to deal with this shit. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to be hot, fucking go live in Vegas. You know, mm-hmm. that's all I have to say. Why do you do that? I've been thinking about SoCal. Really? No. <laughs> Fuck SoCal. I was going to say, man, no, no that's not a good idea. <laughs> Maybe Arizona, though, because they, they have some pretty progressive marijuana laws down there. Okay. How about New Mexico? No, 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 not no. Well, I don't know shit about weed laws. There is nothing in New Mexico either, man. Like, it's just, yeah, it's too bad. No. Okay. No. All right. Arizona it is then. For you, I'm staying here. Actually, I might move farther north. I'm. I hear Alaska's pretty fun. They got longer days. (laughs) The Northwest Territories up there in Canada looking pretty <laughs> exciting. (laughs) Nobody around. (laughs) Cold as fuck for all about. Like, Three hey, weeks Chance, out what, of the year. What are you doing up now that you live up in Canada? I'm mining ice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing nothing at all and doing it very well and enjoying it. There's nobody up here. Um, yeah. You ever tried to get wet leggings off an Eskimo? <laughs> Can't say that I have. <laughs> you know, wet I, leather leggings off an Eskimo. I think that was have it. you. No, no. Okay. No, it was a George Carlin joke, and I just I think about it every once in a while. Like it'd be really hard to rape an Eskimo. 
<laughs> See, that's, you know, that's funny. That is funny, you know, because, well, like I was having people out there will not know who Puddin is, but I was trying to explain to Puddin that, you know, I'm in general, I'm not. He's a he's a guy that he's actually going to have a show here on NWCZ Radio in a couple of weeks. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, he's a comedian. And I was trying to explain to him, you know, no offense, but I have just a really weird taste in comedy and most stand-up just makes me want to throw things at the stage i mean i don't think that people are funny and most of the jokes that i hear are just really stupid and you know i'm not trying to be critical it's just that it does it's hard to make me laugh but you know it'd be hard to rape an eskimo (laughs) that makes me laugh no there are there are comedians that i you know that i love richard Pryor is one of my favorites one of the greats that dude, Eddie Murphy, when he was doing stand-up, Raw and Delirious both, I mean, I probably peed my pants at least <laughs> once watching those. Um, you know, but they're pretty few and far between. You know, you go to the local comedy club on a Friday night, you're not seeing Eddie Murphy, or, and you're definitely not seeing Richard Pryor. Is that right? Um, so, uh, I don't know, I'm just very picky, although, you know, <laughs> I watched, I finally watched Bad Grandpa the other night. <laughs> yeah. Oh my fucking God, that thing is funny. <laughs> that shit was great. <laughs> uh, Johnny Knoxville is a fucking yes. genius, man. Uh, Bad Grandpa and Jackass, that stuff will make me laugh for hours and hours and hours. I mean. And that's not even stand-up, so like, you're more of like the situational humor guy. Yeah, you, you like, you probably, like yeah, that might be a good way to put it. Yeah, Jackass just kills me. I mean, even the original show, they did one. All it was, they called it Night Monkey, and it was just a guy in a gorilla suit running around some downtown area at night just startling the shit out of people. But I was on the floor. It was just so funny. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into our final set of music for the evening. This is, yeah, Mikey from... uh, uh, crone who were just just in the studio he actually requested this a couple weeks ago uh when we did our live show for the 150th anniversary but anyway he requested this band cyanic so uh this is a little cyanic for you this is endless scorn
Hey, we all know how we're going to die, baby. she said <laughs> oh hey hey there's people listening hey. there might be children listening they're wondering what we're talking about we're actually wondering what we're, we're talking, talking about. about cocks and balls and vaginas Ooh, that sounds like my kind Sex, of party drugs rock and roll i'm still in on all that too and goat sacrifices um I'll, i'm there 
and as long as they don't have to have sex with the goat and cross dressing. Uh, I don't have a problem with cross dressing. And <laughs> you're gonna have to go ways to find something I'm gonna have a problem with. Let me, let's just stop you right there. Genital mutilation. Okay, that's something I have a problem with. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's come back to that though, but, uh, wrapping up this whole show and that set was Pain Syndicate. That's some new music. They're our new band to the Metal Zone. Uh, and we put them all the way at the end cause we're assholes like that. Uh, that was Guilty. Uh, in the middle of the set, we had Saxius with Metanoia and then, uh, by request leading off that set, Cyanic out of San Jose, California with Endless Scorn. You know, I, uh... Not to start a big political thing or anything, but I, I find it really curious that, uh, you know, you brought up genital mutilation, and there are people who equate a circumcision to genital mutilation, and I thought that was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you there know? there are health reasons to do circumcision. There are not health reasons to go, you know, mutilate a girl's or woman's vagina. There's no health... You know, know, I mean, and and literally some of these countries, like, you know, they do weird shit, like go and sew women up and, you know, that's that's mutilation, you know. That's all bad. Yeah, I mean, there are some good sound health practices behind circumcision, and I know it's not for everybody, and everybody's got to decide that. But I don't, I never thought of that. I never thought that uh, my dick was mutilated. Never looked at it that way. You're an abomination, Chance. Apparently, yeah. I shouldn't be seen in public. <laughs> I shouldn't go anywhere and do anything. Well, he's not and your I penis. Pro- I pro- yeah, I probably should just leave my pants zipped whenever I'm in public, which would be a new thing. That but- might be the problem there. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it's not the fact that I'm... I they're mad at you for others. <laughs> they're not mad at you because they're circumcised, pal. They're, they're mad at you because you wave it around all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you wave at kids with it. Come on. Put that shit away. <laughs> Well, maybe we should have kept Crone here, and uh, at least we would have had a decent show. Uh, But it's coming to an end, folks. I promise there's only a couple minutes left. So seriously, though, we've had a good time tonight. I hope you guys have had a good time as well. It's nice to be back in the saddle. It was good to take a couple weeks off, and that was a much-needed refresher for me. I mean, poor On One here still does like 87 shows a week. (laughs) It's a nonstop thing. It shouldn't be called NWCZ Radio. It should be be called On One Radio, but, uh, you know, if, if you ever got run over by a bus, the station would just stop it would cease functioning yeah, for like a week you guys would find somebody to fill in my shoes well if we if we always if we just did everything remote broadcast i could do it <laughs> <laughs> look i know you guys are really paying com- another engineer to do everything else <laughs> i could do it <laughs> i know you guys are comfortable in the studio but if you just go sit outside on the patio that would make my job a lot easier i know how to do that <laughs> we're just, everything's going live and remote so <laughs> we're here at the bni parking lot for the northwest metal zone <laughs> Uh, and there's a band sound checking <laughs> into the microphones as we're talking. I'm sorry, that's an inside joke, but it's really funny to both of us. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, anyway, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to this nonsense every week. We've done 151 of these shows. We're going, uh, we're well over three years now at this point. Um, and. I have a great time doing this show. If you can't tell, it's a lot of fun. I like, uh, you know, like tonight when we have a band in here, 
Uh, big thanks again to Crone for coming down from Seattle. Uh, basically, they just had time to <laughs> scoot down for their interview, and then they had to turn right around and leave. I uh, really appreciate them coming in. Uh, appreciate all the bands that have done interviews with us over the years that, that make all this music that we all love so very much. Uh, thanks to everybody who listens to the show every week. I know we have a really dedicated, really solid base of people who listen to the show and share the links and everything, and I really appreciate all of that as well. You make it a whole lot of fun for me to come in here and do this for you. So Woo! thank you very much. We'll see you again in a week on the Northwest Metal Zone. <laughs>